Welcome to the Project on the Rocks podcast, where we bring you stories from the Project and Agile community, as well as inspirational learnings from leaders in the space. This podcast is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute, who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to support the cause, please donate via the link below. Hello, it's Chris here from Precision Sourcing Project Services team, and I'm delighted to introduce to you the first episode of Projects on the Rocks. I had the pleasure of sitting down with a chap called Leo Coco, who is a longtime program manager, all-round nice bloke, and he's also the founder of the Project Managers Movement. I had a really nice time chatting with Leo. He's a super interesting guy, really insightful, so I hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, mate, let's crack on. We'll go for it. Oh, I was going to ask you, have you got a drink? I've got my water bottle. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. So the, pod, <laughs> the podcast, as you, as you know, is called Project on the Rocks. Um, that was, that's my can opening there. That was um, a name that was chosen before I joined Precision, but we've kept it. And I gather it's something to do with drinking. So I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought oh, it was appropriate to have a beer whilst we do it. So I got... Um, I got a beer for Father's Day, a passion fruit smash sour beer. Ah, nice, um, nice. So I'm going to slowly sip this and hope that it doesn't catch on the mic uh, <laughs> all the way through. So, mate, thank you so much uh, for jumping on, man. Um, it's lovely to see you. I've known you for a few years. Um, we've kind of worked together in a, some capacity before, and we can talk about that later. Um but I always enjoy your company and I always enjoy chatting to you. So I was pleased that you agreed to be on the podcast and you're, you are the first guest on the Project on the Rocks podcast. So thank you so much. Woo-hoo! You're the one who had to take the leap of faith. Go <laughs> downhill for me. <laughs> I wanted to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you in the sort of space of three or four minutes. And so I've got some questions lined up here. It's nothing that you've got to think about too hard um kind of quick fire sort of thing beautiful is that all right so we'll get through these and then we'll get into it so what's your full name leo coco i've got to ask you about that name sometime actually it's a brilliant (laughs) name it's almost like a stage name you you asked me what my full name was but you didn't ask me what my real name was ah what is it different (laughs) it is slightly slightly Okay, right. We'll get into that later then. Um, what's your nickname? Coco. Nice. Hey, Coco, what are you doing? Hey, Coco. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are you from? Where am I? I'm from, as in planet or, or, or country or state. Look, I'm from uh, Sydney, New South Wales. Uh, I, my ancestry, if you want to know what that is, I've got yeah. an Italian background. But I am first generation Australian here. So mum and dad came out here um, some 40 plus years ago. Oh, really? Right, right. Um, well, you might have answered this question, but how long have you been in Australia? All my life. So you're that's you're lucky 50 years, mate. 50 years. Oh, shit. Did I just tell you my age then? Crikey. Yeah, well, I might be asking you that as well. <laughs> um, where are you currently working? Currently, my client is uh, Endeavor Energy. Look out, guys. Uh, Critical services, yeah, or essential services here in uh, New South Wales. And what's the best job you've ever had? The best job I ever had is when I uh, founded this wonderful community that you'll probably find out a little bit more about later. That's the best job I've ever had and will have in this lifetime. Good on you. Um, Worst job you've ever had? 
Oh, worst job I've ever had. I've got to be honest, I didn't really enjoy my time when I was at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> One of the lads in, uh, in our team, Craig, he, he started off at McDonald's. Yeah, a lot yeah. of good people come out of McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at you now. Um, yeah. Favourite sport? Favourite sport, oh, I've got to tell you, it's martial arts, yeah? That was it? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely right. love it, yeah. Favourite beer? Favourite beer, you're going to laugh. Um, I love my Tui's Dry, to be quite yeah. honest. Oh, I'm not so a craft Aussie. beer guy, but, you know, I love my Tui's Draft, sorry. <laughs> All right, top. Um, favorite meal? Dry, yeah. Favorite meal? <sighs> Jeez, everyone's going to stereotype me now. I do love my pizzas, mate, to be nice. honest. Uh, I've got a pizza oven in the backyard, so it is my favorite meal. Were you taught by your parents? Funnily enough, no. Oh. I've had this conversation with my wife, right? The, the amount of stuff that I just learned, I don't know, you just you do stuff because you're interested in it. And probably observation, yeah? You grow up, you see your mum and dad do things, and then all of a sudden you go, shivers, I can do that stuff as well. It's in your blood. Uh, it's in the blood, yeah, pretty much. Pretty That's much. Good. All right. Um, what's your number one lockdown tip? Stay connected with as many people as you can. Ultimately, friends, family, worst case scenario, ring a stranger, go and talk to your neighbour. <laughs> Yeah, that's good advice. We've been trying really hard to do that during this yeah. lockdown because it's been a long one, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. Um, how do you keep yourself sane? Mate, look, I, I for, for for people who really know me, I sort of, I never sit still. So, so one of the things that I use is I use movement to stay sane, right? While you've got that energy flowing in your body and you're doing stuff, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, it's amazing what a wonder it does for your brain and your thoughts. Brilliant. So that's my number one uh, uh, tip that I, I take on myself, yeah. That's brilliant. Um, favourite music? Ooh, favourite music. That's an interesting one. Look, I've got to go back to my favourite, R&B. I'm an R&B man. Are you? Yeah, it sounds strange, right? I love just that, that, that rhythm. Yeah, and uh, you know, very common for me to be in the car driving to and from uh, with a with a good bit of good bit of music R and B playing in the background. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I didn't. I wouldn't have picked the R and B for you, so that's good. There you go. <laughs> what would you have picked, Chris? Come on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, all right. Best holiday destination. Best holiday destination. To be honest, I I've just got to get back to Europe. Um, Fell in love with Europe when I went and uh, went to visit my own family many, many, many years ago. Um, I want to get back there, so that that'd be my holiday day destination. Get out to Europe. That, that's the same for me. It's it's so mm. bizarre. So obviously, I'm from the UK, and I absolutely mm. didn't make the most of being within like an hour of all yeah. of these amazing places in mainland Europe. Yeah. And now that I live in Australia, I just pine for it so much. Oh, bet. I can't wait to get back. Um, yeah. What is the one biggest thing on your bucket list that you still haven't done? <sighs> Shivers the one. Oh, I've got lots of stuff, to be honest with you. Um, look, one thing that, that I've got up there on my bucket list, I want to go to um, Alaska. Oh, nice. That is that is really a big ticket item for me. I've got many others, but that is one that is up there, you know. I want to make sure that I, I tick that one off. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, favorite city? I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of say something that's closer to home here. You know what? I really love Melbourne. Man, I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. Melbourne is a is a beautiful city. Great culture, great history, um, beautiful food, um, great fashion, and not far from where I am right now. So, yeah, that's probably one of my favourites. Do you know what? It's up there for me as well. Without wanting to aggressively agree with you for the sake of it, Melbourne's definitely in my top three cities for sure. Um, If you weren't in program management, what would you be doing? Ooh, what would I be doing? I think I know what you'd be doing. But it's not my question. <laughs> uh, look, to be honest, if I wasn't doing that, I'd, I'd be doing something that involves people. And, and look, passion for me, again, for those of you that know me, I'd, I'd um, love to make everything that I do to be around uh, lifting people up and, and, you know, we'll say coaching uh, is probably something that would be up there if I wasn't doing uh, program management. I was going to say coaching, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. You know me too well, Chris. Oh, there you go. Get out of my Um, head. Get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And finally, can you tell us a fun fact about yourself that we might not know? Yeah, definitely. Look, there's a lot of stuff people don't know. Look, a lot of people might think I'm an IT nerd, right? Been playing in IT for a long time with projects and whatnot. You know, I'm a car buff. You guys wouldn't believe it. You know, you see those guys out there doing all these crazy things with cars um, I've got a car that I've had for over 30 years, an old collectible. Is that uh, right? Funnily enough, yeah, yeah. Funnily I'm... enough, I'm actually doing some work on that car. I'm, I'm reviving that car. Um, and a lot of people I know are waiting for me to finish it. But, yeah, I've got this whole mechanical side, Chris, with my huh. hands. Uh, I'm not just this admin IT geek. That right, there you go. I feel like restoring a car or, or tinkering with a car is a great little lockdown project as well, right? Yeah, it's not bad. It's actually not a good lockdown uh, uh, activity, especially if you need to get around and interact to do it, right? So if you've got the car uh, yeah, in your garage, right. it's good, but if you need to go and get stuff done, it don't work. And you can't drive it too far at the moment, <laughs> No, either. you can't. No, I can't. <laughs> um, all right, brilliant, mate. That's, that's good. I've, I've learned some stuff about you there. Hopefully nice. the audience has as well. I really appreciate that. Um, so... Mate, part of this podcast, I think, is we, we want to give people who are aspiring project and program management professionals, people who are like aspiring agile delivery professionals, insight into you know how the successful people in the space got to where they are. So I kind of want to explore your story with you a little bit. Sure. And I know people can jump on LinkedIn and I know people can have a look at your CV and all that sort of thing, but it's kind of nice to hear it from you. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into this space in the first instance? Look, ultimately by accident, yeah? Um, and, and when you hear a lot of people's stories, similar things happen. Uh, I know a lot of people come out of school, and I didn't come out of school saying, I want to be a project delivery professional, yeah? This is the career that I want to get into. Mm. Um, when, I, when I finished school, I was very much hands-on, right? I was into scuba diving when I was younger. You know, when I was in year 11 and 12, I was out there servicing scuba diving equipment, I had no intent. I didn't even know what a project was. Maybe I'd heard of IKEA when I was younger. Um, you know, that'd be the first project that most people get involved in. But you know, it was by accident. 
when I started my you know apprenticeship as a ground engineer, mechanical ground engineer mm. with Qantas Airways here in Australia, I think that's really where I started to discover more about myself, yeah? And, and I think for a lot of people, as you, you finish school and your, your head's full of everyone else's ideas, uh, you know, and the expectation that people know what they want when they finish school is, is a pretty big expectation on it kids. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And I think ultimately when you start to get out there in the workforce and you start to have a little bit of a play around, you learn more about the things that you like and more importantly, the things that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I leveraged uh, my career as an engineer and I translated that into getting involved with what knowledge I had of engineering in the aeronautical space. And then I transitioned into a pseudo project role, yeah? We now want to develop a system and it's relating to engineering. Leo, come and be part of a team where we start to pull apart the elements of engineering and then you know, map that out against, you know, a potential system that we want to build, yeah, to, to help that area. Mm. And, I, and and that's really, to be honest, Chris, that's where it started. Yeah, right. So it was kind of like an organic thing in a way, then that first kind of foray into project management. Pretty, pretty much. And then you're stuck much. there, right? You've been in project program management for a long time now. So yeah, what's... it's been over 20 years. It's been what? over 20 years, right, in, in you know, in the official capacity, um, but unofficially, you know, it, it, it started way back when, right? And I say 97, um, you know, is, is where it officially became a real thing um, and it wasn't just, you know, being seconded or, or getting involved in different bits and bobs, yeah? Yeah, right. And so what's kept you in that space all that time, do you think? What is it about, the, the, you know, that, that role? Yeah, look, it, it's a great question, Chris, and, and many people ask this, Right. For me, it's a few things, and and when I sit with clients, or you know, the, the usual sit with a recruiter and have a bit of a debrief, or you're in an interview, mm-hmm. you know, it comes down to number one: if you don't love people, you ain't gonna love project management, right, guys? So, uh, you know, that that fundamentally is the core of what project management is all about. Um, and that's a big passion for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not only, um, you know, not that I just go around, I am Italian, right? So I do go around hugging people, Chris, but <laughs> it's not just about, you know, people and getting to meet people. Different people, the dynamics of people, the challenges that come with people, the way people think, what happens to people when they're under stress and how they react to that, how that plays out how you inspire people and motivate people. There are so many elements just to that aspect. Brilliant. Um, Unfortunately, this is, um, we're only recording audio. I wish we were recording video as well. The the animation (laughs) and the passion coming out here there um, is something. Um, Yeah, no, I get that. I think the the people part of it it is probably the most interesting part. And that's the part. So obviously my role is saying that I'm very much a kind of people person. I have to be, and that's essentially the business that I'm in, but, the reason that I have enjoyed recruiting in this space so much is because of the people, um, you know, and it's, it's without sort of dumbing down what we do or what I do, it's, it's very much a kind of soft skills based recruitment. And there'll be some recruiters who might be listening to this who are shaking their heads in bloody hell, but it is, it's about the people and it's about whether or not that person can lead that team in that organization. Um, and that, that's the piece that's kind of hard to get right. 
Um, so I can see why you will have done well and have continued to progress, you know, since 97, you said, um, yeah. in this space. Um, cool. So how would you then, you, you, you've been in project and program management for 20 years. I'm sure you've had projects that have failed. I'm sure you've had projects that have been a roaring success. That is just the nature of, of what you do. But in your eyes, what does a successful program look like? How would you define one? It's it's a great question. And again, you know, when when you look at it on paper, this is such a subjective question, right? Because we have the measures, yeah, around, you know, measuring success in projects and programs. And ultimately, I know for a fact when you're out there uh, in the trenches, there are a lot of projects that get signed off as, as successful when ultimately they're not. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, we've got our usuals. Yeah. The, the triangle of constraints, uh, when we're talking about time, money and scope, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the magic quality element in, in the center, you know, it's, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. And, and it I depends. suppose in my, go on, go on. I was going to say, does it depend who's asking? Right. So if it's your, your FD, is it successful if it comes in on budget or under? You know, I guess it depends on who is viewing the project, right, and what their what their interest in it is, or it can. It's it's bigger than that because I think you're spot on with what you've said, but I think of it beyond that, right? So really, success to me when it comes to projects and programs is not just it's not just starting and finishing what you said you were going to do. A big element of it of it is, you know. Have we realized the benefits? Yeah. Did we actually achieve anything apart from doing stuff? And what's the outcome that we drove from that, right? And benefits realization is a massive part of success in my view, which from what I've seen out there in the marketplace, uh, you know, there's a little bit of work that needs to be done there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that's, that's great insight. I think that ben- the benefits realization piece, um, you know, in my experience of, of working with project management people, uh, professionals and, and people in this space, I get the impression that sometimes projects are started just for the sake of starting a project without that kind of end goal or without that, that real benefit in mind. Have you come across that? Is that something that you've encountered where you've been on a project and you just thought, why are we doing this? Yeah, look, a, a lot of the times my mindset when it comes to delivering projects and something that helps set mindset and motivate teams is understanding why we're doing something, yeah? And, and a big trap that a lot of product owners and, um, you know, technology domain leads fall into mm-hmm. is that they're focused on product. So they know what the outcome needs to be, right? We need to deliver a service or a product, Yeah. But ultimately, how does that play out in a, a, a an enterprise landscape or what's the benefit that it actually drives the business? Those questions are sometimes either not always answered succinctly or mm. not necessarily understood, right? Yeah. Okay. And mm. so when, you, when you're then, you're in the market and you're looking for a role, how do you choose which types of opportunities to go for and which types of mm. programs to be involved with? There's two things for me. 
it's about it's about the client itself, so the organisation, uh, you know, what they do. So I've I've got my own sets of values around you know the types of uh, customers that I'll work with, um, and then then ultimately, you know, what are they doing, right? So I love transformation. Um, I don't like necessarily run of the mill business as usual type activities. Um, so I'm looking for you know organizations or opportunities where you know you've got a technology landscape that's that you know that term they've been sweating the assets yeah and uh you know they're they're 10 years 12 years behind the eight ball and they want to flip everything on its head and and come up to you know where we are today um they they're, they're the things that i look for i look for really interesting um, complex sort of initiatives because you can really throw yourself at it and it's quite um, rewarding at the end, yeah, being part of something like that. Mm. Do you like to, to go and pick up failing projects and, pro- and programs of work? Do you like to be a kind of fixer-upper or do you prefer to go in and run something from scratch? Yeah, look, I, I can't say I've, I've ever really put my hand up and said, hey, I'm going to go in and be the guy that rescues. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like coming in clean slate. So, uh, you know, it, it's always nicer. And maybe it's I'm a bit of a control freak, freak very process orientated, <laughs> logical in my thinking, can think laterally, but still, you know, I like that flow. Um, so, yeah, probably I would say, Stuff that's in progress uh, or, or, or starting up is good for me. Uh, I, I don't say I'd put my hand up for, for failing, yeah? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the, the, those are kind of high-risk rules, aren't they? When you take them on, you're going to either live by, die by the sword sort of thing. Yeah, been there, done that, right? It's, to me, it's almost opposite. It becomes you, you have to live it. You have to really it becomes your whole world for a period of time yeah, yeah. Uh, until you get it back on track. So it's not for everyone, right? Yeah, true enough. Um, so in your, in your 20 years of, of experience in this space, what would you describe as having been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? How did you bounce back? I would say my, my biggest failure when I think of this is and and you know what there's probably been multiple to be honest it's when we it's when we flex or when we're forced to flex when we know something's not right and and to to give something tangible so then everyone understands what i mean is you know there are, there's there's a there's a framework that we follow right methodologies that we mm. use and ultimately, there's a consequence when we when we skip steps. And I know that where I've had most of my pain is where, you know, we get pressure from leadership teams, um, you know, the business, whatever you want to call it, clients or otherwise, where they're in a hurry to do something and we get drawn down that, you know, wild current and we, we, we sort of buy in and we, we break all our all the rules of our craft yes. to help get the job done. And, man, it causes some pain, not only for, for me as an individual but for my team as well and yeah, not right. to mention the business and the client itself. So, you know, I've, I've got a few situations where that's happened. It's been critical. We've had to do stuff. And every time I've come out the other end, it's been a really – 
you know, unrewarding experience, yeah. um, a really rough ride, and you get to the end of it and you go, you know, this just doesn't feel good, right? And it does feel like a failure as well. Yeah, okay. All right, let's step back from the, the, the project and program management stuff and because there's another string to your bow that is arguably even more interesting um, in the project management movement, which I first became aware of. Well, it's funny, actually. So you, you were one of those guys that I was aware of long before I knew you. And because you were, I hate this phrase, but I feel like you were an early adopter of the kind of social selling on LinkedIn and, and promotion on LinkedIn, and you've done it really effectively. So um, I think by the time that you and I actually first spoke, I sort of knew what you were doing and what you were about and had done for six months or a year or, or maybe even longer, um, which is interesting because I feel like um, LinkedIn now is catching up. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn who are catching up with you and what you were doing, um, myself included. Um, I never used to post on LinkedIn, which as a recruiter is perhaps you know, a, a missed opportunity. And in fact, it was a missed opportunity. And since I've started doing that, I've seen loads of things have come out of it that, you know, I would never have dream, uh, dreamt of. Tell us about how you started the project managers movement. Where did the idea come from? What was it all about? <laughs> so funnily enough, um, yeah, that cliche about live your dreams, yeah. Uh, <sighs> personal development is a big part of my life, Chris. Mm. So, you know, some 15 plus years ago, you know, I discovered personal development. I'll call it discovered. And you know what? I've embodied it and it's part of who I am now. And and ultimately, Project Managers Movement was born through doing some work with, with one of my existing coaches, Fong Fan. Um, and I literally, it sounds really weird, but I woke up and, and, and 10 years ago, I had this vision that I was going to help aspiring project professionals come into the industry the right way. So all the hard knocks that I've learned, I said, you know what, at some point I'm going to do it. I'm going to help others come into the industry the right way and bolster them to succeed, yeah? Mm. And and so literally doing my work uh, as I always do, I do about six months with my coach every year and uh, I woke up one morning and literally project manager's movement was born. It was in my head. I woke up with that concept. The name was actually there. I yeah. wrote everything down on paper. And from that day, I think that was the day where I started. I was in, when I first started this, I was in, in the car recording myself, sharing my thoughts, right? This is uh, how raw it was. But that's how it was born, through an idea that I had inside me for 10 years and through some work that I did with my personal development coach, it came to life. It came Nuts. out. And, and from that point, how long did it take you to kind of get it up and running? And, you know, it, I mean, it's it's a pretty big thing. I mean, a lot of people know what it is. And and maybe maybe for those who don't know what it is, we should probably tell them. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Look, Project Managers Movement is a safe, non-judgmental community which helps project delivery professionals, corporate leaders, and employees to embrace self-mastery and focus on personal and professional development. So ultimately, it's a community of people that come together in the corporate, from the corporate world and in that project space. So there's no barrier to the type of role you have. You can be a junior right through to a, a senior leadership team member. 
And it's and and we come and we share stories. We we're vulnerable with each other. We get to know each other and create a family. And then obviously we we learn and empower each other to be the best that we can be. It's brilliant. So I I was lucky enough to to be a guest in uh, in one of your sessions. I don't know how long ago that was now. Maybe it's over it's a year. Been, I think. Yeah, it'd be it'd at least like, twelve months. If I remember, more. it was it was deepest darkest COVID times. It was. Um, and and you still you know you, you adapted and you were able to run the movement um online which i thought was brilliant um and i i even remember at that time so i i presented and talked about the state of the market at the time you know what it meant for job seekers what it meant for those who were looking to change roles and how how covid played into all of that and at the time I, it was actually pretty bleak i remember some of the stats that i was sharing with the guys you know it was it was not a positive sort of time was it Nah, not um, yeah. And I remember thinking at that time, like there, there was such a, a, a variety of people in that virtual room, you know, and as you said, people who were, had heard of project management and thought they might want to get into it, senior leaders who had been doing it for 20 or 30 years. And um, there was no rank. Everybody was equal. Everybody shared. Everybody was vulnerable. And it was, I, I, I remember that experience really well. And I, I think about it really fondly. It's just such an amazing environment that you've built. Um, and presumably have continued to grow since then. Yes, most definitely. Look, Chris, let's be honest, right? Uh, now more than ever, this is the time for all leaders to step forward, right? And one of the one of the commitments that I made is not only is it a privilege to, to sort of take people's time uh, and, and have them sort of entrust in me and the, the things that I'm doing, but it's a it's a it's a obligation that all leaders have at the moment to step forward and really start to give people hope yeah mm-hmm. and ultimately project managers movement is a place to form another type of family right so no matter what happens right whether it's through your career through your personal life journey and even when it comes to health pandemics like we're experiencing at the moment it's a place where we can all just support each other and, and, and that is the foundation. And I want, I want everyone to know, including you, Chris, and you know this, right? I'm not following any trends, right? I want to break the rules with what we're doing with Project yeah. Managers Movement. This is not about conformity. This is about the people. And, that, and that's evident. I think the, the, the sessions that I've been to and that, that is, I can tell that that's part of, of what you're doing there. I yeah. think it's awesome. So how would someone get involved with that, if they wanted to now, they're listening to the podcast, they think, hang on, that sounds all right. What would they do? Yeah, look, the, the the easiest thing to do is just to become a member. And there's a couple of ways of doing that. You can look up Project Managers Movement um, on Meetup, or you can go to our website, www.projectmanagersmovement.com. And there is a Join Us membership link. It's free to join uh, the, the community. Um, and get involved and meet some absolutely incredible people. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. I actually, um, I remember a long time ago introducing a chap called Barath um, yes. into the project managers movement, and I gather he still attends every session. He does, he does. He's, he's actually just become a dad like you, Chris. Has he? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I'll have to give him a buzz. Yeah, you will. We just had, uh, we've had two uh, virtual baby showers in uh, Project Managers Movement recently. So, yeah, pretty exciting. Well, Life you know goes what? on. 
I've got a feeling he's going to listen to this, so I'll congratulate him now publicly. Um, <laughs> well done, mate. All the best. I, I feel your sleep deprivation. I'm going through the very same thing five months into it, and I forgot what it's like not to feel tired. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, Barathan Madura. And, uh, and you know Abhishek, our famous videographer, photographer. I do. I do. So he's just had a baby too. Has he? <laughs> yes. Well, there, was not, there wasn't much else to do during COVID, no, was there? No. So lots a lot of babies. Of, yeah, lots of people with <laughs> things to do. Yeah, that's it. Um, so on that then, one of the questions yeah. that I was going to ask you towards the end of this, but I'll ask you now. Yeah. Who else would you, do you think would be a good guest to have on this podcast? Someone with an interesting story, someone with a good point of view to share. Yeah, there are lots of people actually. Um, you, you know, we... I'm, I'm so fortunate. In the last two years, we've had a multitude of people come through as volunteer leaders. So one of the things that we're embracing as part of Project Managers Movement is to bring out the leader in us, Chris, right? Even you, right? Here you are it. with your own podcast now. Fumbling uh, my way through it, figuring uh, out as we go. It's all good. It's all good. You know, did you want a name now? Is that what you're asking me for? Yeah, go on. Give them a shout out. Look, to... I'll be honest with you, there is one person who I think you need to have on here, and she is our Raw Leadership Program Consultant and Facilitator, Patricia Hill. Patricia Hill. Um, Yeah, I think she would absolutely blow your mind. Um, 30 plus years as a a sole consultant working with leaders, uh, her insights, her own personal story and experiences is just phenomenal. Um, you know, she's a, she's a really valuable part of my team, but also just an incredible human being, so heartfelt. And she's got some really, you know, I don't think they're controversial, but some really important leadership um, visions that, that she's on the road to, to getting out Brilliant. there in the marketplace as well. So she might be a good one for you. Oh, I'd love to chat with her. Do you think she'd be up for it? 100%, not a problem. I've got a couple of final questions for you that I think you'll have interesting answers to without wanting to put you on the spot. Um, who's been the biggest influence on your career and what did they teach you? I'll be honest. One of the biggest influences in my career has been my wife. Beautiful. She has, um, you know, they say behind every good woman and behind every good man, um, there's always a good woman or a man. Yeah. <laughs> And, and my wife is so supportive, so encouraging, um, you know, that, that whole concept of, you know, the chicken that was an eagle uh, and didn't know they were an eagle because they're hanging out with chickens, right, and they didn't even try to fly. Ultimately, you know, Tiffany has been the rock for me um, and supported me through all elements because, again, Chris, you know, I have an entrepreneurial background. I've been in business for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, th- so there's many bows, as you know, in my uh, my uh, my feather there, and uh, it, it, she is she is a significant presence in my life. And, That's and absolutely that lovely, mate. Great answer. Mm-hmm. Um, a final question, then. What would you tell your 21 year old self? Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about all the things that people think you need to have to do the things that you need to do. Just do it. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Do you know what mine would be? What? Tell me. Buy Bitcoin. 
I'd <laughs> be rich. I like it. Um, I like it. <laughs> so considering this is, you know, your first podcast, I thought I'd give you something special. This has not been announced yet uh, by on. me to the public. So you're going to be the first to hear and this you're going to be the first to release to the marketplace. We're breaking news here. Breaking news, breaking news. So look, really proud, honoured and, and, and again, another privilege, but um, I've just recently been appointed and taken on a role. Uh, on the board of directors for PMI Sydney chapter. Have you? As, yeah, as the mate, director. Congratulations! Thank you, director of professional development, mate. So, Have you? Yes. Yeah, what an amazing thing! Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's huge. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. Incredible team. Watch this space. Uh, you're going to hear lots of noise about it. And again. You know, it brings me closer to my people, so uh, pretty exciting stuff. Mate, there. that's absolutely brilliant. I'm delighted for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank how you. Did that, how did that come about? Uh, through the relationships. As you know, Project Managers Movement is sponsored by PMI Sydney Chapter. Mm. So through that relationship over the last two years, uh, an opportunity has arisen, uh, a vacancy in the, the board membership, and uh, I was approached, and here I am. Mate, that's fantastic. Well, we'll keep an eye on that then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mate, I just want to thank you for your time and, and thank you for your insight, your honesty, your openness. Um, I give you very little direction as to what this was going to be, um, purely because I, I didn't know. Um, but I knew that we wouldn't struggle to sit down and have a meaningful conversation for 45 minutes to an hour. And um, more than anything, it's just been lovely to catch up with you because I feel like it's been ages. Um, and I'm glad to hear that everything's going well. Um, I'm glad to hear the project management movement is is still going strong, um, and that evidently you're at the start of a new chapter as well with the yeah. PMI. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's lots brilliant. of things. Keep an eye out, Chris. You know you're on the journey with us, mate. And uh, thank you for your support. It's a pleasure to be on uh, on this podcast, and uh, to your success, my friend. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. Beautiful. Take care, buddy. Thanks, pal.